so much for tuning in to the attack and release show my name is sam moses i'm with my good friend matt garber and today we want to talk about why you do not need permission to do your job and we just want to unpack and help encourage everyone that you don't need anyone to tell you that you can become a master engineer a songwriter an artist but that you should just go ahead and freaking do it and share what you got with the world. So Matt, do you want to dive into it? It's always the dive. We're always, always diving. Always the dive. You know, I just so like much diving. diving. You know, like all sorts of diving. Diving for rings. <laughs> diving off the diving board. <laughs> diving into this podcast. Diving into podcasts. Diving into a bowl of guacamole. Ooh. I love it all. It's all good. Who doesn't love like guacamole and chips and oh, just diving in? I'm gonna do that after this. I'm gonna dive into guacamole. <laughs> Here we go. All right, all right. That's my quirky intro. I'm gonna leave it. I don't think we need another one. Okay, you want to just roll with that? Yeah, let's just roll. Let's just roll with that. <laughs> okay, cool. We're not even gonna edit this. We're just gonna keep rolling. All right. So ask me, team me up, <laughs> Matt. Make me look smart here. Okay, why do people seem to need permission in order to do their job? Cool. Okay, so if I think back to when I first started in the music industry, and by music industry I mean making music in GarageBand in my parents' basement 10 years ago. Nice. <laughs> I was in the underground, in my par- literal <laughs> underground, <laughs> in my parents' basement. When I was uh, just starting off dabbling in production engineering, uh, I always kind of ran into this thought pattern or loop that I wasn't an actual producer or engineer at the time, which is really I wanted to be like hip-hop producer. I want to make beats for Kanye at the time. Still would love to, Kanye, if you listen. Let's make a beat. Um <laughs> But I always struggled with this idea of basically feeling like I was never actually an engineer or a producer because I lacked um, gear or I thought I lacked talent or that people wouldn't take me seriously if they actually knew I was making music out of my parents' basement closet. Um, I had all these things that I had created in my head, essentially, that no one else was saying to me. Like... Hardly, I don't think I ever had anyone complain that I made music out of my parents' basement for when I first started. And we all kind of carry around, and I guess all is a blanket statement. Maybe there are some of you out there, but for the majority of us, a lot. we carry a lot. Yeah, we carry around these insecurities and kind of negative thought loops that basically we're constantly questioning ourselves and if we're actually. Uh, who we say we are. And I run into this quite a bit within town and within the mentoring program of people asking, like, when did you, you know, they're asking me, when did you become a mastering engineer? Like, when were you a mastering engineer? And it's an interesting question because I feel like I've been mastering for like eight years and there wasn't really a moment in time where I was like, all right, I'm a master engineer. I just kind of like stumbled into it and then I trained with some people and then I was mastering. And even before then, people were, you know, paying me to master their tracks even when I felt like, well, this can't be mastering or I know this definitely isn't mastering, but they don't want anybody else to do it. They need it done right now, so I'll toss an L2 on it and make them happy because that's what you did 10 years ago when you knew nothing. (laughs) Like... And so I think... That's what you do today when you know nothing. That's Yeah, I guess that's still what you do when you know nothing. Um, and sometimes all you do need is an L2. I love L2s. I really do love the L2 still. You can judge me if you want, but it's still got a place sometimes. I'm an L2 fan. Never um, been an L2 fan. It's just got a bright, uh, nice early 2000 sound to it, you know? That early digital? <laughs> that old, early digital USB inbox sound. 
that I'm sometimes... I'm going after that young digital sound. Exactly. It's going to come back around. Just wait. You've talked about it. The inbox two sound. To. People are going to want that. It's going to come back. So, anyway. That USB one tone. Exactly. I make this joke way too much. Like, I love I, I've, the joke. I've killed the, it's a good I've joke. I've killed this joke. It's a good I've one. I've killed this joke. Our audience should start making that joke, and then it'll become a famous joke. We uh, should make that on a shirt. Well, we should. There we go. There's Damn, the so idea. many mug ideas. I know. Sam, we need merch. Merch is coming, my friends. So, but yeah, basically, I want people to know that are listening today that there is no moment where you become the thing that you are doing. If you are an engineer, if you're currently recording people, you are an engineer. If you're currently mixing music, you are a mix engineer. If you're currently mastering people's music, even by just tossing an L2 on it, you on some level are mastering. Now, that doesn't equal quality or clients or success, whatever you're mm-hmm. after. It doesn't mean that that's also happening. But you are that thing, and I see way too many people who are hesitant and they are scared to market themselves or they're scared to tell people that they do a certain skill because they think they need to have gear or credits or it's really usually that. It's, well, I haven't worked with like Katy Perry and I don't work in like, I don't have like $100,000 PMC monitors. So I'm not really a master engineer yet. And it's like, that is the wrong thinking because, you know, there's always going to be somebody with better gear, potentially. <laughs> and there's always going to be someone with better monitors or probably a better credit list overall. Um, and at the end of the day, those things don't equal fulfillment, success, money even. You know, if you spend a million dollars on a studio, that's a lot of money you have to make up. So you may just actually be in debt your whole career. <laughs> like, hmm. enjoy. Um, but I just want people who are listening today to really hear and be encouraged that, like, whatever you're doing right now in the industry, even if you feel like you just started, you are doing something that is of value. And if people are compensating you at all on some level, even if it's, like, $10 an hour, 10 bucks a song to master or whatever it is you're doing – you are that person and you should be confident and start marketing yourself and just presenting yourself as that thing. I remember when I first moved to town, one of the things that I ran into when I would go out or like networking parties or just shows, I noticed quickly how many people just kind of like limped into what they did. Like you'd ask them like, what do you, what do you do? How long have you been in Nashville? You know, what are you up to? You doing good? And it's like, those are the four like main Nashville things you say to people, um, but people would be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm like I kind of mix or like I kind of do this or do that." And it was very rarely did I run into someone who was like, "Yes, I do this." So mm-hmm. if you know of anybody who does that or if you have that, I would love to be a part of it. And I noticed that the people I looked to up in town had a very clear image of who they were. Like, I'm a producer. Here's things I produce. And if you give me work, I will crush it. Do you want to work with me? And it was that presentation, and I and I kind of have copied that from my mentors in town of, I'm a master engineer, I'm great at what I do, here's some work, do you like it, let's work and move you forward. And if not, then I'm not your guy. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, that approach has gotten me so much more business, but it's also reinforced to me that like it's a mindset shift of, reinforcing, yes, I am a mastering engineer. Yes, I am good at this. Yes, this is what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. when you start telling yourself that every day, like I literally write down in my journal, like I'm a mastering engineer. I'm great at this. Like I'm going to do a good job today. Like something circles around that every day that I write down. And that has changed my life for the last few years of really believing it. And then, you know, I've had people affirm it, of course, over the years. But I just remember when I started, I had such fear of actually telling people what I was doing mm-hmm. because I was scared they were going to judge me on a personal level of like, well, no, this guy's not a master engineer. He doesn't. He works out of like a bedroom or like he does this and he works on like weird monitors and he uses like strange gear and this and, you know, and that whole thing, it kind of became my thing of like, we've talked about in other episodes, like I have quirky gear and I have some mastering, actual mastering quote unquote gear that's, you know, labeled mastering limiter or something. But 
It's it's my affirmation it, every time I look down. Exactly, at my face. it is. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, I am mastering. Great, but perfect. Yeah, but that's what I just want people to hear today. You know, as we keep talking about this and unpacking it, is like, whatever you're doing, you are that, and start to own it, believe it. And when you get those insecurities and doubts and that little voice in your head that's like, yeah, but so-and-so's got a better setup than me or more credits than me or they have a Grammy, so how am I going to ever compete? Like, you just got to remember all those people started from nothing. Like, we, mm-hmm. everyone started from nothing. Obviously, we're all dealt different cards, so there's different circumstances. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you live in America, like, you have a really good shot of pretty much doing whatever the heck you want. And... Mm-hmm even if you're dealt a really bad hand to start with, at some point you have to become an adult and be responsible for that and not let that hold you back from becoming, you know, a whole human and doing what you love. So mm. that's what I think, you know, about about that, you know, about uh, being confident and not needing permission to do the work that you feel like you're supposed to be doing. Matt, thoughts, hand it off to you, Go. A monologue by Sam Moses. Another one? I'm going to do that every single time. <laughs> Another just, monologue. Opening you remarks. You have these 15 minutes. Yeah, opening remarks by Sam Moses. Long window. I've been <laughs> stewing on this idea, so I was ready to go. Yeah, I mean, last night I was over the house of a guy who asked me to help him get set up. Yeah. And it's, I think I'm going to start charging for it, too. I should do that. You I'll should. charge him. So if you're listening to this guy who you know who you are, I'm not going <laughs> to charge you. But the next guy, I might charge for this. Yeah. Consultations. There you go. But, <clears throat> I mean, there is a point to where you feel like you are giving permission for that person to, like, do work. And, I mean, that's just kind of dawning on me in this moment. Um, but it's like, I shouldn't have to give you permission to do that. And I, I'm I'm right. trying to I I'm trying to unpack the psychology of why people would need permission to do that. And there's like the stereotypical part of me that I feel like is the stereotypical part of everybody that feels like because you see <clears throat> people on Instagram, Facebook, social, et cetera, um, who quote unquote look the part. Yeah. That because you don't look like that, you no longer have like you don't have that type of validation. Right. And I mean, there's a a local mix engineer producer, he also runs a label here. His name's Matt Zutel. He runs Coast Records. And as far as I know, as soon as he gets his signal into the box, yeah, it doesn't leave yeah. until it's like sent to me for mastering. Yeah. So, as far as I know, all you need is a computer <laughs> to like to do that much, right? And then there's like all these people on Instagram, and it's like, yeah, they have like sweet studios and stuff like that. But if you kind of look at like the basics of it, they don't leave the box, right? So it's like even with like tiny parts, you can like do this like incredible work. It's just about like believing in what you're doing. And everybody sucks in the beginning. Right. I mean, when I was a pilot, I wasn't really good at landing like <laughs> at the at the very beginning. Obviously not when I was like like got my license, but when like I was training. I made the mistake of going up with a guy who and and his instructor, but he only had maybe twelve hours. Yeah, and then uh, it didn't really dawn on me until landing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit, this is gonna suck." <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you're getting blown all over the place by the wind, and you come down and you just like slam into the ground. Like, oh god, I should have brought my <laughs> neck brace or like one of those airplane cushions that like hold your neck up. Yeah, like, uh, but. It's like nobody's good when they start. Everybody right. everybody at everything, 99% of the time, sucks at, like, the first time they do something. Right. And uh, what was it? I, I was looking back to the first time that, uh, Sam, you and I recorded this podcast. I mean, we didn't have a name for it. We didn't have anything. That came up on my Facebook yesterday that it yeah. was, it's been a year. 
since we first like put down the first episode in recording. Yeah. Um, granted, we didn't release until October, and we had a nice little bank of episodes. But <clears throat> my first one, I mean, I had my focus right scarlet, and I was like, okay, how am I going to monitor this? And I plugged my <laughs> headphones into the like headphone monitoring port of the scarlet, and then I pulled it out, and I was like, the quarter inch got stuck in there, and the like. <laughs> Whatever the they are, the eighth millimeter jack like pulled out and I was like, oh no, that's not good. <laughs> and so I'm having to take it apart and everything. So the first episode was done literally with a Focusrite uh, Scarlet that didn't have. It's like the two i two, and it, I took the case off to try to yeah. poke the thing out of the. It's like the first time always sucks at everything, right? <laughs> and it's like it's it's really just the matter of not quitting. Yeah. And I mean, you don't lose unless you quit. Exactly. It's like, I'm not saying everyone gets a participation trophy here. I mean, you're going to suck at a lot of stuff in life. Yeah. But in general, I mean, no one's good the first time they do something. I look at Masters I did a year ago. Um, My whole setup looked 100% different this time last year yeah. than it did, than it does now. Yeah. And... I mean, and I think I put out a better product than I did this time last year. Mm -hmm. And I'm more confident in that product. I, and I was like, how do I get my turnaround time better? And how do I like, get this tighter? And it's like, I still don't have it figured out all the way. Yeah. But I look back at a year, it's like, holy cow. So, I mean, even like every other business that I've, that, like, I've started, you look back and you're like, man, we wanted to do like X number of dollars per day. Yeah. Or it's like the first time uh, the business that I run, my dad and I, we do stuff in, in China. And the first time we were over there, it was just like the people doing packing. And they were like, well, we had a $300 day today, which is now like, <laughs> like a very like small, like exponent, like small, like however, like you can go down in exponent sizes. Mm -hmm of like what we're doing today and it's just like you will you will get better with experience you just have to trust it you have to trust the process right and i think the hardest part is getting people just to like trust you like the f first couple times i think right. the hardest thing was for me like before i had any credits or anything and it's right. really just kind of reaching out to people i knew and that would not necessarily trust me but like hey do you have something that's already out that like i can just mess with some mixes yeah I mean, then they're like, yeah, this is good, or no, this sucks. Yeah. But it's like with the guy's house went over yesterday, um, it's a square room, so it's not the perfect type of thing, and it's in an apartment. But I said, what you need to do, and he, he had just moved, moved in. I said, what you need to do is you just need to sit in this room. And you know your monitors. You've had them for a very long time. Um. So you already have that going for you. Yeah. And I told him how to set up everything properly, and I was like, don't treat anything right now. And he's not, in a, he's not in a crazy rush. Yeah. I was like, just for a couple months, just sit in here and listen to music, like the same songs, and then reference them in your car and in your headphones and everywhere else. Now you have a reference playlist, so you know what this sounds like anywhere. And then at the end of the day, come into this room, or maybe don't listen in this room for a while, and then come back and be like, okay, I can hear what's going on over here. And then we'll slowly start treating things. Mm -hmm. And I'll show you how to do this and I'll show you how to measure things. And I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to be good and he's going to know the crap out of his room and he does it. But what that's going to get him net is it's going to get him confidence in what his room sounds like. Right. And when he tightens it up, he's going to know what's changed, how his room reacts to those changes, and then possibly... Uh, if my, if my stage two of treatment, um, needs to be altered in any way, he should be so confident in that room. He should be able to tell me, no, this is acting weird or yes, this is doing good things or no, you think, I think we're done now. Yeah. I think, I think we're, and I treat things by ear and then I measure, mm -hmm. um, I measure while I go along, but like, I'm normally not like too far off, yeah. but I mean, if nothing else, it just kind of like it gives him the confidence in his room and in his area as opposed to just hopping in that room and it's only been in there for a couple of days and he's trying to work. I mean, you're, you're flying blind. Right. 
So, I don't know. This is my little monologue, Sam. It's a great monologue. I think it's twice as long as yours, so take that. Let me try to beat it. (laughs) Oh, man. Just kidding. For our listeners, I won't. Yeah, uh, so I wanna I, I wanna circle back to the process idea of like you're not good when you start. Yeah, because I think that's something within all of this is, and we've kind of mentioned it maybe on a couple other episodes, but like doing the work and like the journey and putting in the effort and doing the process is the is the gig. Like that's it. <laughs> like that is the reward. Um, getting album credits and gear and all that is such a temporary dopamine hit (laughs) that leaves Mm -hmm. you the next day. Like I remember one time I bought a piece of gear early on about five years ago where I was just like, I had saw someone buy gear that I knew and I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to buy gear. Like I need to go buy a piece (laughs) of gear to keep up here right now, (laughs) right now. And I like, Went out on eBay, went out, I went online, found something, bought it, got it, super stoked. Then as soon as, like, I got it, I was, like, on social, like, on Instagram, and, you know, I saw someone else have, like, 8x what I just bought, and they just, like, got a full-blown zero. I was like, well, frick, like, I just spent $3,000, and I was happy for, like, 12 minutes. In 45 seconds, and then I'm on social, like Instagram, and I see somebody else with like something better, something bigger, something greater. And I remember thinking, like, this, this can't, this isn't gonna work. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> chasing the gear, this won't fulfill whatever I'm after, which <clears throat> is just having, you know, viewing my work and the journey of not having gear to, to getting gear to being, you know, not great at mastering, to becoming, quote-unquote, how, you know, people say you're great at mastering. It's a moving target. But I think that's what a lot of people miss is, like, when you start and you suck, that's just as important as when you're great. Does that make sense? Like, you, you should feel hopefully the same way about the or like be as excited at least this is my opinion of how I view my work now is like it's all gr- like the purpose is to learn and grow and expand and doing the work and learning things is like the main reward to me and that's my opinion of like I love work yeah and I think that's you know once again you don't need permission to do your work but there's also never a level that you're going to get to where you don't to me, you won't improve or learn more things unless you choose not to, you know? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, to me is, like, I think I've been doing great work for for a few years now, work that I'm really, like, this is great. Like, I really love this work, and I don't think I suck anymore. And people are saying I don't suck anymore. Not that really anyone ever did, (laughs) but (laughs) to my face at least. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know fully that, like, in one year, just like you said, I will look back on my work and go, oh, I think I'm putting out probably a better product now because I've learned more about my gear and about my room and how I hear music. And within a year's time, you know, I've probably, I'll probably hear about a thousand songs in a year. And that will just increase the catalog again of like things I know and things I can pull from to then implement into people's music. And that's for anybody on any level, the big, even the big, huge mastering engineers, like they're probably always learning, hopefully, Hopefully, they're still, like, in a mindset of, like, there's stuff to learn. Um, Mm. But I just want people to hear, too, like, doing the work, like, so many people are in a hurry to, like, get the Manly Limiter or get the PMC speakers or whatever your your dreamless gear is people are. I love a Manly Limiter. Exactly. And there's a compressor. That one, the Varimu. Whichever one you want. I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> Most people are in a hurry to get all these things in order to then show it off to people to then be like, look at me, I am a mastering engineer. I can do this. And in reality, it's like if you haven't put in that work, you can't do crap. You know, and people mm. will hear that in your in your product. And I think that to me is where I see people they're chasing the gear and the look in the the gear and the monitors and the room and the studio. 
so they can post it online or post it anywhere, just talk about it to their mom and dad so their mom and dad think they're important. Like, <laughs> the amount of people, and me included, that have, like, I don't know if it's our age group millennials, but, like, the 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 burden we have put on ourselves to impress our parents, and that's probably even beyond I our generation. every generation. Every generation, yeah. But it's just that the amount of people I've ran into in town that I've worked with where it's, like, the parental thing comes up always, like, man, I just I just wish my mom and dad would, like, you know, respect me. And, like, until I have this, I feel like they won't. And, obviously, that's a whole other conversation and, and therapy session for people to deal with. But um, I guess what what I'm trying to say is, like, wherever you're at, whatever level you're at, you are, once again, you are a producer, engineer, master engineer, mixer, songwriter. You are that. And you have to understand that in a year you're going to do better work. Uh, and by better, it may just mean it's different. You know, we've talked about that of, are things actually better? Or are they just different? So we view it as better. Um, and I want people to just hear that of, you know, doing the work, learning, trying, quote unquote, failing, um, is all a part of this. And you don't need to be perfect or to be able to knock a project out of the park every time in order to call yourself, you know, a mastering engineer, if that's what you're trying to do. Um, I think people just need to learn to be gracious with themselves and, and view everyone as on the equal playing field once again of like, we all started from nothing and we've all been there and we've all <coughs> botched projects and we've all failed and we've all, you know, it, anything that like you could probably think of has come up and I still sometimes make really dumb errors where I'm like, I don't even literally remember making the error, but mm. I, but I did it, you know, like forgot to like, <laughs> I'm the only one that play, can do that. I don't know who else did it. Like Casper the ghost, I don't think is in my room, like turning my output knob down or something like mm -hmm. I did that. Like last month I printed a master at like negative 10 output ceiling. Somehow my thumb must've bumped it. And <laughs> I was in a hurry, which happens, I will be fully honest, and I printed it, and I was just listening back with, you know, using my volume monitor knob, so I just heard it loud, and I was like, sounds great, which it did sound great, it just, for some reason, my fat thumb had bumped the output on my limiter to <laughs> negative 10. So, I, you know, I sent it off, and the client was like, sounds great, sounds just a little soft, and I was like cool and I went back and listened and I was like oh my gosh I printed it you know wrong <laughs> you know and I was like yeah it does sound great so that was a simple tweak but it's just I want to share that like you're going to make errors all the time and you have to be gracious with yourself and that doesn't mean like I'm not a professional master engineer because I made a quote unquote amateur mistake because people do that all the time people have errors and it's part of this gig and you know hopefully it's not a ginormous error of like it gets printed to the CD and no one ever notices, <laughs> you know, that's mm -hmm. a different situation. But, um, but yeah, I just want people to know, like doing the work is, is kind of the main gig. And until you understand that, until you, st until you stop chasing like the superficial gear room studio, so you can then feel good about yourself or show it off to your friends or family, like until you grasp that, you're probably going to continually feel like you are not the thing you're doing. So just wanted to make sure we got that in there. No, that's great. And <clears throat> I think in general, I have this written down in our, um, in our notes, and I'll say the expletive. <laughs> Fuck what other people think. There you go. I think, that's, I think that is the biggest thing that people need to hear. Yeah. And just if you have somebody toxic in your life, Get that the hell out of there. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> it's like one of the best things that I did is anyone who would like doubt anything that I was talking about or anything that I was doing would be like, oh, I don't think you can do that. When I have the validation from other people saying that I'm good at doing something, right? screw them, man. Uh -huh. And it's like, yeah, we can all take on bad projects and we can all get into genres that like aren't really good for us and... It's like I realized a little bit ago that I do not like working with working on screamo stuff, mm -hmm. and it's nothing against that genre at all. It's just I come in at five in the morning and I don't feel like getting screamed at <laughs> <laughs> until I start my day, 
it's like it's a and it's like running a business after that. It's just a really toxic way to start your day. Yeah, getting yelled at. So. I decided I'm not going to take on that type of work anymore. Maybe if I'm working different hours or whatnot, who knows? Maybe I'll take that on again. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's like you figure out what you're good at and just stay in your lane. Like don't go and like treading on other people's crap. And I mean, you can. I mean, nothing's wrong with that. I wouldn't do it competitively. I mean, there's a there's a saying in business that when you go into business to put somebody else out of business, uh, you should just uh, I think the saying is that uh, you should first dig two graves. So <laughs> it's, but yeah, like in general, like people who are just being toxic and everything, just get that the hell out of your life. Yeah. And then I know I've said this on another podcast, but it's like literally a sticky note that has been on my desk for about the past year. And um, it is when you identify with what you are doing, things shake loose. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, something just kind of, like, said, like, I don't know, happenstance, like, matter-of-factly. I don't know if that's an adverb. I just made it an adverb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, like, when... I, I don't know what struck me so much about that, but that when I heard that, that was exactly what I needed to hear at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's when, like, why don't I have work? Why don't I do this and... Like, how come I'm not being taken seriously in this and whatnot? And it's not that I needed permission to do it. I think I needed to give myself permission that, like, this is who I am Mm -hmm. and this is what I do and I need to identify what I do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I need to identify with what I do. Yeah. And it's like back when I used to fly, I would identify as a pilot because I flew airplanes. It's like... Right now, I start businesses, and I mean, this is probably the master one's probably my fourth or fifth one. I've 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 screwed up a lot of them. <laughs> like I'm, like I don't mind the loss. I mean, it sucks, but it's like if you learn from it, then who really cares? Right. You learn from it, and you move forward. And I mean. If it's a good enough loss, and you'll know if it's good enough, you won't make that mistake again. <laughs> um, and if other people say you're, I think, yeah, if if you're if you're paired up with like a like a partnership or something like that, and that person wants to go ahead and do that, then you're like, dude, you can do that. But if you do, like, you you know when to get off, like jump ship. I think right. I think it was a Dave Ramsey quote that the worst type of ship is a partnership, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, but I mean, you'll know those cues, and you'll know exactly where the where the boat is pointed at that point. Yeah. Um, but in general, I think that you need to identify what you are doing, and then I need to. I think you need to uh, essentially identify with that. Yeah. And you need to assign your identity to that. Yeah. So I am an entrepreneur, and I am a mastering engineer. There you go. And that's what I do. It's great. And I was talking to one of my parents yesterday. And they were asking what I like to do, uh, like, in general. And I was actually talking to him about how surprised I was that my mastering business has lasted as long as it has because I'm not, I don't really like maintaining things. Hmm. Um, or at least I, like, lose interest. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. But like, the mastering thing, it's like you're always, like, chasing a lead or you're... Um, like, no two projects are the same. Right. And even though... Like, right now, I've kind of gotten myself into a place where, like, I really like this signal chain, and I don't want to change it, and I've been forced to change it recently, but it's okay because it's something new right? and not familiar. Um, and I, I don't know why it's lasted so long. I just have this crazy passion for it. And, it like, with how everything else is going, it shouldn't last as long as it is. Yeah. Um, and I have no... Um, there's nothing about me that wants to, like, close up shop. Like, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, unless the government comes in and is like, you have to close up shop, and then I'll probably just find a place with a basement and go underground <laughs> <laughs> and start doing that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, she was just asking, like, what do I, like, like to do? And I'm like, I'm I'm really surprised that it's, like, 
lasted this long because I'm a builder. Yeah. And I like I like building things and then I build it and then I move on to go build something else. And it's it's kind of toxic and it's it's kind of a toxic way to like go about like entrepreneurship and it's like you build it and then you walk away and it's like you're walking away from something that's like can it support itself? Can it work on its own? And so but it's like mastering. I have a heart for it and it is on fire for this and I'm getting validation from it. I love what I do. I love the scene that I'm in. I love the people that I serve and I want to keep expanding it. Yeah. And I think that you need to do that as well. Yeah. And if there's somebody in your life who's telling you, no, you can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, then tell them to screw off. Granted, if you have obligations like a kid, don't do that. That's not toxic. Right. <laughs> that's not toxic. That's You're not what I'm talking about. Not saying avoid your responsibilities. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a responsibility. So, but it's like if there are people who are saying, like, you can't do this because you suck, that's toxic. Right. So, I don't know. I just say screw what people think, find your lane, and then stay in it. Absolutely. And be the best at it. I fully agree with that. I feel like Take I, that monologue monologue we're just battling today we're just really the battle of the monologue grinding it out today <laughs> battle yeah i i think until i f- i figured out i think a lot of thing too or a lot of the problem is you know f- figuring out what your lane is obviously mm-hmm. and that's what we've talked about on other episodes so i don't have to go too far into that but i feel like until you i think part of finding your lane is you have to first acknowledge kind of what you just said, which is like identify with something. So like it's hard to even, you're never going to find your lane if you're a master engineer if you never believe you're actually a master engineer. It's like Mm. step one has to be on paper, like you're writing it down to me. It'd be like, I am a master engineer, then a little line that goes down, and now what's my lane, you know? And then there's a thousand other things outside of that that branch off. But I think if you can't, First, you know, acknowledge and believe in yourself that what you're doing is actually, you know, who you are. And this also is, isn't say like you don't have to identify so strongly with your work. You need a little bit of, to me, I believe in a little space of like, if someone criticizes your work, doesn't mean you suck as a human. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's a, a critique. See critique and feedback episode <laughs> on that. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I feel like until you're until you believe that you're doing what you're doing, it's hard to find your lane and it's hard to also kind of have up those blinders that say like screw other people, like it doesn't matter what they're saying to me, I'm gonna stick in my lane. So I think if if you're listening and you're like, How do I stay in my lane or find my lane? It's like first ask yourself, do you even believe that you're you are what you're doing? And mm-hmm. let's let's get that first and then from there figure out what your lane is and i think to me like the more i explore the idea of staying in your lane it's expanded so much because if you're in your own lane a there's nobody there you're not going to run into anybody also your lane can like go wherever you want it to go and that's kind of been my new thing of like i'm so far from toxicity because my lane has just carved out its own path where like if everybody's on like level, ground level, like I've just dug down at 1,000 feet and I'm still going deeper. <laughs> and I just get farther and farther away from like all the other people. And that doesn't mean you're supposed to isolate yourself at all. But I'm just trying to, trying to visualize kind of just how I'm seeing it in my head right now of the lane I'm creating, the more you own your lane, the further you get away from people and the more then you know like how to market yourself, what you offer, what you're great at, and where you can really help people. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's to me what I'm seeing now, you know, 10 years into putting in work, you know, starting to really kind of understand this, you know, forget what other people say, stay in your lane. It's, you know, the more I stay in my lane, the more I can help people because I know exactly where I fit in and where I don't fit in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really important. So, like, when I first started, like, mastering stuff, I would just master anything and everything, which is kind of cool. Like, a good way to start. You learn what you like and don't like. It's like trying out food or, you know, 
do I like pizza or do I like pasta? Do I like Mexican? Do I like barbecue? Like, maybe you like it all, and that's cool. Um, I like all food for the most part. Um, but I think as you learn what you really enjoy doing and and where you really feel like you kind of come alive and where people, you connect with people, you know, that's that's the start of your lane. It's like an exit sign to, to Moses mastering. <laughs> you know, if you want like... <laughs> loud hip hop masters like this is your exit most mastering you know <laughs> or like pop stuff or ccm stuff like take the exit to my lane get off on my lane and you know let me do what i do best so that's kind of how i visualize that i kind of like the way that i kind of like that visualization <clears throat> if those are listening or thinking like that sounds stupid let me know but i think that that sounded nice. I got a, but I have an inverse to that. <laughs> Is there a pothole in my lane? That. Yeah, come on. No, there's okay. not. I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking <sighs> about. Clarify. And I'm gonna relate this to dating in high school. Perfect. Come so, on. So, so everyone in like, I'm a very analytical person, like to a fault. It's probably why I'm a mastering engineer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was looking at like the whole dating patterns and stuff like that when I was in high school about like this is when people date and this is why people date or at least that's why these people that uh, who are in like my life I see they're dating each other and yeah. stuff like that and then I kind of examined it from like 40,000 feet and then you ask yourself like well why are you dating and like like, what is the end goal to this? And in mm -hmm. high school, at least most people aren't really thinking about, like, marriage and whatnot. Some people are. Yeah. Um, but in general, it's defined, like, at its rudimentary core, it's defined, like, who you want to be with. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that was, and I didn't know how to approach that. So what I did know, though, is... At least what I could like deduct from that is start figuring out who I don't want to be with. Mm -hmm. And you essentially work through like appearances and like like a lot of like the things that like you personally just do not find attractive. Yeah. And like like that's that's what I did. And I was like, well, I don't like this and I don't like this and I don't want this. I do like this, but kind of not really. And then you you essentially kind of it gets you into kind of like a, like a weird place of like you eventually are like oh I think I just drew a picture of myself <laughs> <laughs> of like my personality type thing. But mm -hmm. it's like and then you kind of back off of that, um, and then you like after you get down to like that sounded really vain. Um, <laughs> And then you kind of get into, like, emotional characteristics. And you do this through dating um, or just, like, general relationships. I don't like how uh, my dad treated my mom or I don't like how my mom treated my dad. Mm -hmm. I don't like uh, these types of tendencies. And then you um, get even deeper and into, like, beliefs and whatnot. Um, and eventually you'll, like be able to figure that out and navigate that road. And I'm not saying this is the way that everybody does it. It's just the way that I thought of it um, and the way I went about it. And I'm pretty proud of myself. Like, I think I did a pretty good job. So <laughs> have a wife, have a kid, pretty happy. Um, but I feel like that's kind of this, that, I'm, I'm kind of back in that in terms of finding my lane because I don't know exactly where, like, I'm narrowing down, say, my targeted market. I'm narrowing down my lane and what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think I'm being able to narrow those down by finding out what I don't like, what I'm not good Absolutely. at, where my strengths, uh, like, don't lie, and, like, where am I not getting affirmation from? And so sometimes taking, like, sometimes finding, like, where your lane is, um is normally a result of finding where it's not. Mm -hmm. And then through, like, like eventually the wave back and forth, left and right, becomes more and more narrow mm -hmm. as you figure it out and then you figure I like how that. much oscillation in that lane you can take. Mm, so I like that. So how deep down a rabbit hole did that go? Pretty deep. 
I thought that was pretty good. That's great. My story went somewhere this time, Sam. This was good. I like it. <laughs> I should put that whole rant on a mug. You should. <laughs> we should make a mug that has that whole rant. It's like size two font. Size two font. Times New Roman. We should put a few of our monologues. Should we get sassy and do it in Comic Sans? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch out. Crowd favorite. Comic Sans. <laughs> It's a classic. Uh, it can't be beat, the you know? Comic Sans. Yeah. It's classic. It, it's comic Sans stays in its lane. <laughs> 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 oh, man. No one takes Comic Sans seriously, uh, Sam. But that's its lane, to not be taken seriously. That is. That is. But anyway, <laughs> that's what I think... That's what I think about your lane. For people who are confused about where your lane is, I don't know where my lane is, but I'm slowly figuring out where it is not. I like that. And it's good. much like the whole like screamo thing, it just I don't want to get it's it's like it's like a physical appearance thing. Yeah. It's like I don't want to date someone that has X. Well, I don't want to get yelled at at 5 a.m. I guess that's but that that goes at both things. It's like the dating and the music. I don't want to get screamed at at 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so, check check off that box. So, I don't know. Love it. I can just drop the mic right there. I, th- I think I think that's my two cents on on your lane. Yeah, I'm good. Or my lane. I got out all my monologues. I feel good. I feel pretty good too. And essentially, like recapping. Yeah. Like you like. I think that you are powerful enough as an individual to give yourself validation. Yes. And I think that validation honestly comes from identifying with what you are doing. Yeah. Because, like, as soon as I started following what that quote says, it did exactly what it says it was going to do. Yeah. And things start shaking loose. Mm -hmm. People are like, you're a mastering engineer? Holy shit, I need a mastering engineer. (laughs) I've been using Lander this whole time. Right. You know how pissed I've been at Lander? So I also have this thought about Lander. Yes. So kind of like if, if you're rolling the music right now, like can we have like a little like record? Like, okay, here's my theory about Lander. Okay. So how all these mix engineers and producers are like, yeah, let's go through this through Lander. Well, now you're starting to have all these things that can process mixes and like auto mixers. Yes. I think... Mastering engineers are going to start to have more of a crowd come back to them because, like, they're going to realize that, hey, these auto systems really don't, really aren't all they're cracked up to be because they're trying to mix my mixes and they can't mix my mixes. And I was like, well, that's funny. But you think they can master your masters, but they can't mix your mixes. Exactly. That's funny. The the robots are shooting themselves in their foot. (laughs) That's my theory. It's my weird theory. Okay. If you're rolling the music, you can like, like yeah. Back to the recap. <laughs> you got a lot of editing to do. It's fine. Okay. Got your work cut out for you. So I don't think that people need to tell you that you are va- like that you are valid and that you have purpose in what you're doing. But I'll be the first one to tell you that you do not need permission to do your job and Sam will be the second one or vice versa. I can be the second. I don't care. But if you want to self-validate, all you have to do is have enough confidence in yourself to identify with what you're doing. Absolutely. And eventually you're going to do that enough and identify with that enough. Granted, if you're just kind of being a thug and like typing like entrepreneur and CEO on your like Instagram bio, (laughs) it's like... Don't fool yourself. Exactly. But it's like, I mean, I, I think like success, like like an edit to our success episode should pretty much be like the definition of like success or like what is like anywhere going near success and what will like keep you from it as opposed to people who do that is execution. Yeah. And I think that is like the whole thing. So it's like you have to identify, but in identifying, you have to execute. Yep. So, and just practice your face off. So, yes. so you do not need validation. You can self-validate. Um, screw looking the part. You don't need all this crazy stuff. You really don't need much but a computer. And if you really like, and you want to go like a step up, get like seriously a solid set of monitors and just treat a room. Mm-hmm. 
and listen to our room acoustic treatment. We're going to have something else coming out about that later that I can't tell you about. Not yet. But don't worry about looking the part. Like, literally just take care of yourself and just stay in your lane and look at your own bubble. Lastly, fuck what other people think. And fuck what other people say. Unless they, unless you have, like, responsibilities. Like, take care of your kid. Take care of your wife. And, like, right. like love love the crap out of them. Um, And if they say, hey, you're kind of, like, doing this instead of going to your job and not providing for your family, <laughs> then you should probably rethink your things. I hope this is a long song you're playing, Sam, because this is going pretty long. <laughs> so... <laughs> But besides that, last but not least, stay in your lane. If you don't know what your lane is, figure out what you do not like first. Mm-hmm. And that will very quickly define a eight-lane highway down to hopefully six or four lanes. Yes. And, like, eventually you'll weave in front of enough people or almost that – or you'll get some jobs that you're not re- – or some whatever that you're not really too confident, confident with and – You'll figure out where your lane is real quick mm-hmm. and just be confident in that and own it and identify with it. And I think we're done here, Sam. It's perfect. I'm pretty happy with this episode. Are you happy with this episode? I'm stoked. It was a blessing to do this episode with you, Matt. You should feel blessed. Okay. <laughs> Morning, afternoon, night, whatever y'all are having, have a darn good one. And I think we're done. Guess, guess we're not playing any music. Music's been playing, Sam. Oh, we cued it. I already cued it. We, Yeah, yeah. You cued it a long time ago. <laughs> Cueing the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.